Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Movies and Brews podcast, where we talk movies and we drink some brews. I'm Jordan, and the man upstairs in the attic is Daniel. Hello, hello, hello. Answer your phone. Yeah. <laughs> Today, we are talking one of the first slasher films ever, the 1974 Black Christmas. So sit back. Relax, grab a drink, and if you hear a noise in your closet, don't walk towards it. Cheers. No, always walk outside. <laughs> or send the cat in first. Or send the cat in first. Cheers. Cheers. Daniel, how you doing? Oh, pretty good. Why does it already feel like it's been a long week and it's only Tuesday? Because it's been a long week and it's only two. Has it? Is it just the pressure of like, got to get done? I think it's the pressure of like, I got to finish Christmas shopping, got to finish Christmas shopping. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it's more or less the horror of, holy shit, Christmas is literally, is less than two weeks away. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, I think that's it too. Okay. I did some shopping today though. So I'm happy for that. Got some people checked off the list. Daniel was one of the first ones I checked off the list. Daniel was super easy this year. I'm so easy to shop for. You really are. Yeah, there's a few easy ones like Shiloh, super easy. Got a grandparents a brand new router, so hopefully their uh, internet Wi-Fi won't suck in their house anymore. Hopefully. That'll be nice. All right, well, what do you drink on your end today? Today, I've got, um, what was that? It's the Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA from New Belgium. Ooh, in like a how's that? Way. What? That's huge looking. Yeah, it's only like a couple dollars. <laughs> cool. So I have a brand new one here from, surprise, surprise, Breakside Sunset Pilsner. It's a seasonal lager, and they got together with the Figaro Mountain Brewing Company. And let's see. Yeah, let's open it up and let's take a taste here. Looking forward to this. Always look forward to new Breakside. That uh, Voodoo Ranger is not good. No? Tastes like really strong, cheap beer, which, I mean, I guess that's exactly what it is. Yeah, $2.99 for Tallboy. I mean, yeah. I, I don't remember how much it this, was. Uh, this Pilsner is really good. Ah, uh, yeah. Guess we'll have to do a break side next time. Yeah, but it's so expensive. That's all right. I know. It, it, it does add up. And I went and bought, like, I think four four packs the other day. Decent sized bill. Yeah, I mean they're like fourteen bucks each, give or take. I know, but I gotta gotta get my stuff. All right, well, um, lots to talk about as far as like, let's get into our movie news here. Lots to talk about as far as Disney goes. There's too much to talk about, Jordan. There's just too much. Well, we'll talk about the most important good stuff. Daniel, take it away. All right. Well, yeah, like you mentioned, a lot of Disney's because Disney had their uh, what investor call? Is that what it, this all came from? Something, yeah, uh, some investor or something. So I guess if you've got yeah, and the, stock in Disney, you get early access to stuff. I have no idea. Yeah, well, Disney Investor Day. So essentially, they just tell everybody what's down the pipe, and it is a big thing. It's not like we just get a list; like they release trailers and everything. So I mean. Let's definitely talk Marvel here. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of like Hulu, National Geographic, and other little things. But um, I mean, really, let's, I guess we'll start with Star Wars because we got like a little a teaser trailer for Obi Wan Kenobi, which really wasn't, it essentially was just the title like in sand Obi Wan Kenobi. Starring Wait, McGregor. I, I somehow I missed that one. I'm going to go see if I can find it real quick. Would it just be a Star Wars YouTube page? Probably. But, I mean, it's literally just like the, the title of it, and it's literally just getting blown around in sand, essentially. But they, the big thing is they announced that Hayden Christensen is going to return as Darth Vader. I heard about that. That's pretty exciting. Which I think, I mean, I'm into that. Like, he, like, it would be... Like, I guess, like, since the end of Rogue One, you know, like, I've still, we still haven't seen on-screen Darth Vader, like, 
go crazy and just like cut down a bunch of people except for in that last row one moment so well, I what, are we, what are we gonna do about his voice i mean james earl jones is getting up there in age i mean they've they don't use james earl jones for like the animated darth vader voices so i'm oh, sure they they'll find something like comparable but his voice but is so time, iconic though i know i mean like but i wonder if they'll just like take James Earl Jones into a studio for a week and just have them say line after line like words so that they can all edit it together depending on what dialogue is needed. I don't I mean, know. At that just point, we're getting like Darth machine Vader. learning voice. I mean, like machine learning, like voice recognition software is getting better and better. So, like, I'm sure if you had them in there for a few hours just saying a bunch of stuff, eventually they could just manufacture right. it. I mean, yeah, because I mean that voice is so iconic, and it's just I can't think of anybody else voicing him than James Earl Jones. But yeah, that's that's pretty exciting news, though. It sounds like yeah, Obi Wan Kenobi won't just take place on Tatooine, which would be boring. Sounds like yeah, we're gonna go well, places. Well, then we also got well real quick. It sounds like what we'll get to since it'll take place between Episode Three and Four is we, especially closer to Episode Three. It sounds like with a younger Obi Wan, is we'll get. Uh, hopefully it's more of that Darth Vader action we got at the end of Rogue One. That's what, yeah, see, so that's what I was saying. Like, hopefully we get that. Hopefully, you know, they don't do Hayden Christensen dirty again, still, constantly. Yeah. And, I mean, I haven't watched him in a few years than anything. Maybe he's like Robert Pattinson, just had to grow up and get better. I don't think so. No? I don't know. I haven't seen, the only other movie I saw that had a minute was Jumper. And that's not a good movie. No, but, but I, mean, I really that was, liked that. That movie was right was after good. Star Wars, though. Yeah. So I don't know. Hopefully, he's gone on to other stuff and just become a good actor. Let's fingers crossed. <laughs> but yes, continue though. And then we also got lots of Star Wars universe, other universe uh, shows in the works. We have the announcement of the Rangers of the Republic and the Ahsoka series. Ooh. featuring characters right, well Ahsoka is obviously going to play by Rosario Dawson who was Ahsoka in this season of The Mandalorian and Rangers of the New Republic I don't know much about that but it sounds more like it's at least going to follow at least a couple maybe, maybe there will be more but like those two guys that we saw like in the second episode of this season that like save the man- Mando from like that giant spider yeah. I I don't know if it follows them exclusively, but it's like I think they're going to be in that show. That'd be cool. You know, so that's some interesting stuff. We did know about the Andor series that was the prequel to like a prequel series to Rogue One. And I, I don't need anything to follow the Skywalker saga per se either. I just want just the universe. It's such a big universe out there. Yeah, I mean like there's so much extended stuff. Like there's tons of books, there's video games. Like Star Wars is such a big universe that I, you know, you see some people like, this is just a cash grab. I'm like, I don't know. This is kind of like what every, most Star Wars fans like have wanted for a really long time. It's just like a bunch of different shows that just expand the universe out. You know? It's a cash grab if you just want to like get it over with, get it quick, try to make a few bucks. But if you take your time to really develop a good story with good characters, I don't look at it as a cash grab. I look at it as just like, here is some amazing entertainment for you to enjoy. Yeah. And then we also got, well, one, they premiered the trailer for Star Wars The Bad Batch, which is kind of like a spinoff series from their Clone Wars cartoon, which I'm pretty excited about. Would you recommend seeing Clone Wars first? Uh, I mean, if you're just trying to follow those characters, I mean, like, yeah, I'm sure there's definitely a lot of lore and, like, there'll be Easter eggs and references to things in the Clone Wars. But the characters that, you're, that are showing up in this spinoff are introduced in the final season okay so if you just watch the final season you would be able to get by now the only other one that i had actually heard about before actually looking at this list was lando like and it said a limited series so i don't think that's going to be a full-blown like i don't, I don't think that's going to be like a continuation i think that'll probably just be like eight to twelve episodes but i do believe that uh crap what's his actual name i always want to think of childish gambino Danny oh. Glover. God, I always forget his name. Like his real name. Mr. Glover. 
Mr. Glover. Yeah, we'll call him Mr. Glover. <laughs> or Childers Gambino, but he, I think he's coming back as Lando for that series, which I think is good. Well, that'd be cool because he was the best part of that solo film. Otherwise, yeah. I hate that film. <laughs> you know, and then we also got what the acolyte star wars visions and a droid story now i didn't look too far into those but they just sound like more i think the droid story is animated star wars visions i am not sure i mean i didn't have time there's so much shit that dropped this week i didn't have time to look up all of it is uh darth maul rumored to make a return i don't believe so i mean most people cut in half usually are dead instantly but this is the Star Wars universe we're talking about. Well, so. right. And I mean, spoilers for Clone Wars, but Darth Maul plays a large part in the Clone Wars series. It's pretty sweet. Seen the photos. <laughs> yeah. So, and then I guess we also got the release date of a new full-blown Star Wars movie that'll come out in December 2023, directed by Patty Jenkins, or Patty Jenkins, which is Rogue Squadron. Okay. Which I Patty. hope this is like I like the sound of this. Like it I mean, there's what Rogue Squadron video games actually just came out with the new Squadrons video game too this year. But I mean, you just follow around the fighter pilots. Like that sounds cool. Think I'm thinking like they kinda introduced it almost like it might be Top Gun, but in Star Wars. Okay. <laughs> but I'm just kind of curious what the shirtless volleyball-esque sport they're going to play is going to be. You're being recruited to a new line of training. We call it Rogue Squadron. And all of a sudden... <laughs> now, the only thing is, like, with all this Star Wars news and all these little... Uh, all these spin-off shows, it does grind my gears that for Star Wars being so expansive, you know, why, especially for on Disney Plus when they're just like throwing all these series at the wall, kind of seeing what sticks, like, you know, I don't know if all of them will be continued because I imagine all these are expensive, you know, oh, yeah. but Disney Plus is the perfect vehicle for a Star Wars TV show that follows around like from the Empire's point of view. Yeah. You know, I, I want to see that. I would love to see like a Star Wars like squadrons movie or TV show following like Imperial Starfighters. You know, I actually just finished reading a Star Wars book about that took place entirely on the Empire side, and it's so really cool. That would be awesome from that point of view. I mean, even if you were like part of a uh, construction crew building the Death Star, <laughs> I don't know. That would be a fun workplace sitcom. That would be hilarious in a way. Now, there's I don't know if it work as a series. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, like if you like that would be a go to work today, little, honey, like, helping build the ultimate weapon for the of the galaxy. Well, that would be like a perfect like make it a cartoon, make the episodes like twelve minutes long each, and just have like some fun with something like that. I think that would be really fun. That'd be hilarious. Um, now the like there are many many other things but one thing i had to make sure to mention i don't know if you've heard of this but they announced a disney plus uh series for willow no i didn't hear that yeah and it is going to have uh warwick davis returning as willow really yeah it kind of sounds like like willow will be essentially become the hobbit to whatever this series will be the lord of the rings all right. You know, like directing. Yeah. I, I don't know. I haven't seen Willow in a long time, but I always remember really liking it when we watched it. So he'll be Bilbo Baggins to the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, that's what it kind of sounds like. Yeah, I mean that was a fun universe. I, I I enjoy that movie a lot. It's got some really fun characters. Uh yeah. As long as Brownie is making an appearance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's beer! It. I mean, I would like to watch Willow again. But yeah, like it came I stole out, the baby! Didn't it come out in the 80s? Uh, Yeah, 88, I think. 87, yeah. 88. So, <laughs> I'm just afraid that people are going to be like, well, this is discount Lord of the Rings. We can be like, well, technically, Willow came out before the Lord of the Rings movies were made. 
but probably definitely heavily based off the source material still. Could be. Well, nobody funny is if you get Bryce Dallas Howard, who's directed a couple Mandalorian episodes, to direct a couple Willow episodes, just because her dad, Ron Howard, directed Willow. Did he really? Yeah. I, damn, dude. Oh, man. Then there's a few other notable things I want to mention is uh, the Peter Pan and Wendy. No more Peter uh, Pan. It's a Disney Plus movie, or I don't know if it's a movie or a series, but I think it's a movie. Peter Pan and Wendy starring Jude Law as Captain Hook and Yara Shahidi as Tinkerbell. And I got to say, hearing Jude Law as Captain Hook, that sounds great. I think he'd make a great Captain Hook. What did we just see him in recently? I've not seen him in so long. What did we just watch? It was like in the last couple of years, we saw a movie with him in it. Anyway. In the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I don't know. Continue. Uh, the other thing, or the other thing, one of the many, many, many other things. Uh, something I'm really excited about is they did announce that Raya and the Last Dragon will debut simultaneously on Disney Plus and in theaters on March 2021, which I think that movie looks really interesting. Unfortunately, this is going to be one of those uh, premiere passes or premiere access, so you'll have to pay $30 to Aura? What's that called? Uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. Uh, I don't think I've seen this trailer yet. I'm looking at the thumbnail. Some yeah, photos well, it's it. really, I mean, it looks really interesting. The art style looks really good. I've been pretty excited to check this out. Uh, I, I think I've heard of this, but yeah, I didn't know there was a trailer for it. I'll have to watch that yeah. later. I mean... Is that Pixar or Disney? That is Disney. Okay, wow. It looks, uh, just off the stills, it, I mean, it looks like uh, Moana animation, like really, really well done. Yeah. So, and then there's also... Oh god, there's I didn't so much. Watch okay. that movie again. It's such a good movie. I'm also gonna talk real quick about the Pixar stuff because they announced two Pixar movies. One mm-hmm. of them is called Turning Red, which is essentially about a girl that when she gets angry, she turns into a large red panda. Awesome. And I'm like, that just, I'm like, it looks cute, it looks fun. They only have like I've only seen like the thumbnail. But the design is really cool. But the thing that I'm really interested to check out is Pixar announced the movie Lightyear, which is an origin story for of the hero that inspired the toy. Essentially, really? imagine Buzz Lightyear of Star Command is a real person, and we're going to go on an actual space adventure. Okay, you know what? I saw that thumbnail, and I didn't know what it was for. I didn't really look into it, but I think I saw a thumbnail for that in the last week. Do that thumbnail like, remind me of kinda, uh, kind of uh, reddish or first man? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and apparently, yeah, unfortunately, like this is what I have mixed feelings on. But I'm like, I guess I can separate. Like, this is essentially supposed to be in the Pixar universe. This is a real space ranger that inspired a toy line. I mean, but could the be voice f- isn't going to be Tom, uh, Tim Allen. No, which I don't. I guess that'd be weird if it was. It's going to be Chris Evans. Okay. Captain America, so I'm like, okay, I could see that. He had, like, I, I mean, I guess if done well, this could be good. It feels a little bit cash grabby, but if done well, it could be really good. I don't, I'm like, I like the concept. Yeah. Like, I if you're gonna play of, more around with Toy Story, I'd rather. I mean, I don't know if I would rather you do spinoffs, but Woody's Roundup. <laughs> yeah, next it'll be Woody's Roundup. <laughs> yeah, especially because there used to be like a really bad like direct to VHS movie that was like essentially buzz ranger star command and then they made a little tv show out of it which oh gosh i forgot about that yeah a little cartoon and then we didn't even get to any of the marvel stuff and there is marvel stuff well why don't we just talk about the trailers real quick i'm like well we got trailers for falcon and the winter soldier which i watched that one that looks pretty cool you know mostly because i love the winter soldier he's probably one of my favorites and i do like falcon too so I'm interested to see what they're going to do. And it, you know, like from the trailer, it kind of sounds like he's uh, Falcon is hesitant to take on the mantle of Captain America and use the shield. As it should be. That shield <laughs> requires lots of responsibility. 
with great shield comes great responsibility yeah uh so, yeah, so, yeah so i saw that trailer it looks interesting uh they don't really give too much like away a spy drama yeah kind of like i like the, action movie i, I like the new trailer for wandavision oh yeah i'm super excited for that it drops on the 14th or 15th of january needed more kitty in that trailer though i, I missed her from i liked her in the first one yeah <laughs> only thing that would have made that better is if they had the actor that played red sitting across from her on, at the table I know, but I'm like, that would be way too on the nose. But That would have been hilarious. I, I would have tuned in just for that. But I mean, we got more trailers for, well, we got a trailer for the Ms. Marvel Disney Plus TV show with Kamala Khan. We got a Loki teaser trailer. That was cool. Which was cool. Like, I do love Tom Hiddleston. Like, so I am excited to watch Loki because even if the, it's not amazing, Tom Hiddleston is just such a charismatic actor. That That's the thing matter. is I love him in the role. I don't necessarily want a, a movie centered around him or a TV show centered around him per se. Cause it's, he's kind of one of those characters where less is more, but I do love Tom Hiddleston in that role. Right. But then we also got uh, the announcement that the fantastic four movie is in the works and it's going to be directed Again. by john watt who directed the new spider-man movies john oh the tom hill uh, the tom holland ones holland ones okay for some reason i was thinking the amazing spider-man movies i'm like they're gonna bring him back again i don't like him no 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 so you know i don't i think that's a good person to tap especially since spider-man and fantastic four in the comics have a lot of interactions yeah he was even a part of the fantastic four for a little bit well you don't want josh trank back no or whoever whoever made the original ones i don't want him back either no (laughs) or the writers of both of those you know and then someday daniel's gonna lose a bet he's gonna have to watch that josh trank fantastic four i've watched it oh you have watched it yeah i watched it once with dad and then i never watched it again okay But, you know, I mean, then there's just a never-ending shitstorm of Marvel Studios stuff. I don't know. Which, That's, which, I think we which talked TV about show enough. are you looking forward to the most? Ooh, as far as Marvel goes, the TV show that I'm looking forward to is probably Falcon and the Winter Soldier, just because I do love the Winter Soldier. Um, yeah, maybe it's because I've seen more footage, but i got to say, for me, WandaVision. I mean, that's also something I'm really excited to see what they do with but, but i also i also that, just love scarlet witch so <laughs> that <yeah>. helps <laughs> but as far as other things go i mean i'm i as far as like the star wars stuff goes definitely kenobi because ian mcgregor is so fucking good as kenobi yes so i'm excited that they got him back but yeah okay i think that's i think that's pretty much all the movie news i can handle well, good. That's a lot of good good stuff coming. Uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, we get to some of it starts off, I guess, Christmas Day with uh, Soul. Looking forward to Soul. Oh, yeah, I know. All Soul's right. coming out soon, and we'll be able to watch Wonder Woman in a couple weeks. Or, well, on Christmas. I saw Tenant well. is available on Blu ray as of today. Yeah, it is. I know Daniel's thinking of getting me that for Christmas, so I have to watch it at home. He's thinking about it. I don't know. I <laughs> I I wanted to because I'm like that's just kind of a middle finger to you though if I got you the Blu-ray because I know you really want to see it in theaters. Which is why it'll probably end up in my stocking. But I'm like, but if I got you the movie, you could not resist eventually watching it at home. That's true. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we move on here? Talk a few other things we saw this week. I actually watched a few movies this week. I don't know how I had time for so many. But I did. Uh, I guess part of it's just trying to watch a few Christmas movies, which is fun. So, talk over this briefly. Last week I watched Charlie Brown's Christmas. Love it. Which actually check this out. Look what I got on sale. Charlie Brown's Christmas tree. Oh, is this little Christmas tree? That's adorable. Yep. Gonna set that up here shortly, probably tonight actually. So a movie I saw that I had never seen before was It's Christmas Again, Charlie Brown from 1992, which is also available on the Blu-ray that uh, his Christmas movie comes on. And I got to say, it's been a week since I watched it. I barely remember a thing. That's just how memorable it was. I was like, eh, okay. Not nearly as good as Charlie Brown's Christmas, but whatever. (laughs) 
I mean, yeah. It's okay. But yeah, never seen it before. Uh, did you see anything exciting this week? Nope. This week I was busy playing Cyberpunk. Busy playing Cyberpunk. All right. Well, I've got a couple others here. Uh, another 2020 film. Uh, I finally sat down and watched David Fincher's newest Mank, starring Gary Oldman, written by Jack Fincher, which is David Fincher's father. And so, have you, have you seen trailer for Mank or anything? You know what Mank is? Yeah, I know what it is. Okay, so yeah, Mank just follows the story of the writer of Susan Kane. So this, I guess, um, I wasn't sure what to expect. I thought it was more going to be closer to like the battle over Susan Kane, which is a really well-made documentary, which I tried to find it. I guess it's not streaming anywhere right now. I have it on DVD from the two-pack DVD pack from like 15 years ago really well-made documentary i think it was in like late 90s that came out which talks about the struggle over making susan kane and how it almost didn't get made and i thought the movie mank was gonna be more about that but it's more about so you're you're watching mank himself after so he's in a car accident early on in the film breaks a leg he's recovering and while he recovers he's writing susan kane so we see him during the writing process and then we get a lot of flashbacks into the 30s and just kind of what inspired him to write the story of Susan Kane. So I got to say, overall, this is a this is a great if you're a fan of old Hollywood. Uh, Fincher's recreation of 1930s and 40s Hollywood is great, as well as the re- his recreating of the style of filmmaking from that era. Uh, great performances by everybody all around, Gary Oldman especially, but just all the side characters, everybody was great, and. I don't know. Well, I recognize it as a really well-made film. It it feels like it's for a very niche group of people. Again, I think you got to be a really big fan of old Hollywood and just those films of the past. You know, your mm-hmm. Casablancas and Susan Cain's and all that. And that's an ever-shrinking group of people. Right. So, yeah, I, I guess I, could, I just can't recommend it for everybody. I, I guess I'm just going to leave it as it's a really well-made film. Well, well-written, well-acted, shot, everything. If you are interested in old Hollywood, Check it out. Uh, one thing I did before watching it is I went back and rewatched Susan Kane just to kind of be up to speed and have that fresh in my mind while I was watching this. And I think that did help. So if you've never seen Susan Kane and want to watch Mank, I'd watch Susan Kane first. Okay. But yeah, so it sounds like that. a movie that's kind of like cinema for cinema. It was mi- cinema. It was like cinematic for cinema's sake, you know. Yeah, it's, and like, it's, it's a, very it's two hours twenty minutes, I believe, and then a little bit of a slow drag. Uh, at, at times, but I mean, I love Gary Oldman in this character. I mean, Mank himself is quite the character. Herman is, yeah, Herman Mank. Quite the character, but uh, it's, again, it's just not for everybody. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like I said, like it just sounds like it's a very good movie, but it's kind of like, like you said, it's not going to be for everybody. Okay, well, so I got a couple other films here. So, Go for it. Yeah, we're going to be talking. Our main movie on tap here today is Black Christmas, which is directed by Bob Clark, who directed one of my all-time favorite movies, A Christmas Story. Well, I'm pretty sure this overtook The Christmas Story and my favorite Bob Clark movie. Well, we'll get into that later. But yes, so he directed A Christmas Story, which is, again, one of my favorites, right behind Home Alone as far as favorite Christmas movies go. However, I did not watch that this week. I decided instead to watch another Bob Clark movie that I've never seen before. So I sat down and watched Porky's. <laughs> I've always heard about it. People, yeah, I'm saying, I think most everybody listening has probably at least heard of Porky's. It's, uh, yeah, take, it's 1981, takes place in the mid-50s. Uh, it just revolves around high school kids in some um, Florida town back in, like, excuse me, 1955 or something. So I got to say, this movie seen clips here and there of it over the years but yeah i've never sat down and watched start to finish so i did that and this movie is very ridiculous but while it's ridiculous it is also a lot of fun slash entertaining i mean some stuff is just so over the top like wow i mean i mean let's just say let's see in the first 10 minutes daniel uh or let's say first opening act of the film you start with a guy measuring the size of his dick and you're under the impression that he does it almost every morning to see if it grows bigger over time. Oh, well, we all remember those days. <laughs> <laughs> but 
I guess what makes this entertaining is the characters for sure that we follow, especially one named Pee Wee. He and his friends, you know, they're they're the ones that are just fun to follow around. Um, yeah, uh, there's just some ridiculous stuff. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of some of uh, some funny scenes here. Um, so, Porky's is the name of a strip joint establishment, and what's kind of funny about this place, it's kind of like an old dive bar on the docks. Uh, it's set up to where you have the stage in the center of the place with a bar around the stage so you never actually get to sit very close to the stage but and it's kind of more like you have showgirls doing their thing than anything else like everything was like everything was choreographed with the dancing and there's i mean there's a little bit so one scene that cracked me up pretty good though so uh, i think there's like five of them they all put their money together 100 bucks and they're gonna get a private room in their own dancers for x amount of time so like a hundred dollars i'm like oh right, right, right this was like the 80s well taking place in the 50s too oh yeah a hundred dollars yeah. so 20 bucks each that is your hard earned money for the week at 20 dollars yeah. each <laughs> so the owner porky <laughs> finds out they're all underage use fake ids to get in so he's like well we gotta get rid of them so He's like, all right, well, hey, yeah, I'll take your money here. We'll get you set up here. Yeah, go into this room here. He puts them in a room. It's pitch black. They don't know what's going on. All of a sudden, you see Porky uh, pull a lever and cut to an outside shot. Floor opens up and drops them into a river. What? Yeah. That's how he got rid of them. I feel like Porky's uses that to dump bodies. <laughs> Quite possibly. Anyway, yeah, this movie is just over the top ridiculous. There's just so many, so many ridiculous moments. Um, well, so what was funny is I always knew this was about uh, young adolescent boys spying on girls through a peephole in a shower. And I right. guess I always thought since it's called Porhees and, and that's the name of a strip club, that it was like somehow they found their way into some secret in the wall area of the strip club spying on dancers like in their dressing room or in, if they got a shower in there, maybe it's a fancy strip club in the shower area. Well, I guess that was actually at their high school because a lot of this actually doesn't take place at the Porky place. It takes place at their high school. And yeah, it was their high school girl's shower room that they were spying on. Interesting. It was funny too because you'd like watch them and they'd be like even like really loud whispering and you'd be like, and I was like watching getting frustrated like, would you guys just shut the hell up? You're going to get caught. What the hell's the matter with you? Fucking teenagers. <laughs> no matter what age they're in, they're all stupid. Yeah. Well, one of the funny parts is they get caught and one of them, you know, they're trying to flirt with the girls through the hole. One of them gets very excited and decides like, hey, I'm going to show them what's up. I'm going to stick my dick through this hole. Well, by the time he gets it in through there, uh, the girls have scattered and the gym coach, the lady gym coach has walked into the shower area. She walks up to it and literally just starts pulling on it, like trying to pull it out of the wall. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> no thanks <I'm laughs> no good. thanks anyway but also so, he deserved it yeah i mean i could rec i could recognize it for what it is i mean this, this is actually yeah you might like it it's so it's so ridiculous that it's fun like i actually had a good time watching this yeah a so, couple days later i was like well why don't i watch another bob clark classic porky's two sat down to watch it and i thought it was gonna be more just more of the same old same old this movie was just straight up dumb. Terrible, terrible movie. We've said this before about comedy sequels, how a lot of comedy sequels end up, you know, what jokes didn't make the first one and hit the floor end up getting used in the second one. Well, that's exactly what this was. Only I just, I don't even know. It just, it takes, so supposedly it takes place the next day after Porky's one. And you feel like your, your characters went from being like a fun group of people to just bleh. In one day, Ugh. it was just painful to watch. I mean, after an hour, I was like, "Okay, I think I'm pretty pretty much done with this. Like, this is just going nowhere." It's really dumb. suffered from the Gremlins too. So well, no. I'm like, I wasn't laughing at all in the second one. I was watching it, and like, there's nothing to laugh at. I'm like, this is just straight up just stupid. Like, it's just bad. That's too bad. So I don't think I'll begin to the third one because there is a third one. Here's a third one. Yeah. I, I mean, that's I... again, I've heard of Porky's, never heard of Porky's 2 or the third one. Whatever that one's called, Porky's 3. Porky's still the hard. Revenge. <laughs> it's still hard. <laughs> anyway, yeah, 
yeah, I just I don't I don't see myself uh, getting to the third one. If anybody's interested, they're all on Amazon Prime right now. I would recommend the first one. It's ridiculous fun. If you're just looking for some good laughs, you know, you and your friends drinking some beers, looking for some good laughs, it's a fun I one. I mean, an 80s movie that takes place in the 30s. That sounds interesting. Absolutely cannot recommend the second one, though. Check out Porky's one, but skip the second and probably the third. Fair enough. And that's movies I saw this week. Nice. That's pretty cool. Well, Daniel, are you ready to get into our main movie on tap? I'm pretty ready. I was All really right. excited to watch this movie, and it didn't disappoint. Well, good. Well, let's get into it, Daniel. Let's talk Black Christmas from 1974, written by Roy Moore, directed by Bob Clark, starring Olivia Hussey, Margot Kidler, or Kidder, Lynn Griffin, Andrea Martin, and Keir Dulay. The uh, story takes revolves around during their Christmas break, a group of sorority girls are stalked by a stranger. Ooh. So, Daniel, what were your thoughts going in? And sounds like you're excited to see it. And what were your just some of your initial thoughts? Okay. Well, I was excited to see this because I had heard about this movie previously of just like being like one of the first kind of slasher movies as we kind of know them now. And kind of like started a lot of trends, I guess, too, that we still see in horror movies and in slasher movies. Like everything that you see in this movie has been done in other movies, like after it, for the most part. I mean, like, well, we'll get into it. But um, so I was pretty excited to watch it. And I'm also like predisposed to like this sort of thing. Like I do like slashers. They're my favorite type of horror movies. And I do like movies from the 70s. So to see it like coming in, I'm like, this is, I just had a blast. I had a really good time. I watched it with Shiloh. And, you know, we both had a time. Like, I was kind of shocked at some of the stuff. I'm like, this is pretty brutal for the 70s. This didn't, this didn't feel like a movie that got an actual theater release because it felt like somebody independently funded this, if not for like the language alone that was used in it for the 70s. Like, I, I don't know. They had R back then. I guess. Did right. they? Pretty sure. I don't know. I don't know. I just, well, there's no PG-13. I think we talked about this maybe last week. Right. So I guess that's true. But I'm like, I was pretty shocked. But I mean, I thought the kills were great. And I had a really fun time. And I was very surprised by the twist. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, for me, I, I really didn't know what to expect going in. I'd heard about this movie. I knew that about the uh, remake they did, I think it was just last year. But yeah, I didn't really have like, wasn't as enthusiastic as you to sit down and watch it, but I was still looking forward to sitting down and watching it. And I got to say, yeah, somebody like wasn't let down. I had a good time. It was just a fun ride, I guess, if you will. Right. And yeah, I, I liked all the characters too. I thought for the most part, they were pretty good. I especially like Jess and Barb. Those two really stood out to me. But could be because they get the most screen time, so you get to know them the most. But Yeah, the, you know, it's actually one of the first surprises. I, well, I don't know if that's really spoiler yet to talk about who was final girl. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get into that stuff. We'll get into it later. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed them quite a bit. I thought that overall the entire cast was good. Um, yeah, there was a little nice twist at the end. They did lead me on. I like. I thought it was going to be like an obvious kind of like, wow, they really are giving this away pretty easy. Oh well, I guess it's the seventies, you know, whatever. But then there was a twist. I know it was such a red herring that I'm like, there's no way this is the guy because they just make it so obvious. And I'm like, there's no way. But I, I guess that's. I guess that spoils. But this movie's from 1974. Yeah, if you we'll, haven't seen we'll, it, go we'll watch it. it. We'll, we both we'll recommend it. Spoiler in a sec. Uh, but yeah, yeah overall, I, I enjoyed myself. It was just fun going back to 1974 and just kind of seeing, you know, what was one of the first ones as far as slasher horror goes. Because I mean, before that, we still had, we had Psycho, and there was just yeah. there was a couple others considered um, before it, horror, some maybe one other slasher type film I think before it. 
but this is definitely one of the most mainstream ones. It moderate success at the box office, but has definitely become a cult classic since. I mean, even Elvis yeah. liked this movie. Apparently, apparently Elvis liked this movie so much that it became one of his favorites to watch every year around Christmas. Which mean, he only got to see it for three Christmases, then he was dead. But yeah, sad. <laughs> but yeah, became one of his favorites. Apparently, uh, Steve Martin's a big fan of this movie. Yeah, that's what I heard. Um, yeah, or uh, Shiloh was telling me how Steve Martin went up to the lead actors or the actress and was just like, "Oh my God, I love you. You're so good. I watch your movies all the time." She's like, "Oh, she thought he was talking about Romeo and Juliet because I bet, I guess she was Juliet in like a Romeo and Juliet movie in the seventies." He's like, "No, Black Christmas." <laughs> I think I saw the one that she was in. It's just like an old one from like 1968, Romeo and Juliet. I think it's we watched it in class once i remember being bored out of my mind watching it but i mean it's a boring story i don't know yeah. what to tell you <laughs> anyway but uh yeah let's let's uh, get into it um do you want to keep it spoiler free for a little bit i mean sure if we want i mean like yeah the main i mean the main crux of the movie is it's christmas time and we're following like we, you know it starts out with these girls in a sorority finals are over one by one they both they all start disappearing you know and well we're really just looking for one girl yeah the first one goes missing and that's pretty much what we're i was actually surprised we got our first kill 12 minutes in i was very surprised and i was was, yeah i was really surprised to see that i'm like okay this isn't gonna like it's not gonna be like a gremlins one or two where it takes 40 minutes to build up to the good stuff here we go the movie's only an hour and 40 minutes and you don't even like it just yeah it so it just and okay one thing i really like this movie is like i was uh, you feel the tension in the movie i mean like i said the first kill happens in 12 minutes so you feel the tension the entire movie and something that's fucked up is that the tension is not relieved by the end of the movie no you know so that's something i like caught me off guard but i'm like oh i like that you think it is but then it's not but um yeah because we follow like uh what was the first girl who died sue claire claire i don't know why i said Sue. claire i don't know why i didn't that's like the only name that i didn't write down yeah yeah so essentially claire is the first victim which she dies from getting suffocated yeah which was not what i expected i was like child and i were just like okay what do you think i'm like okay he's in the he's in their closet so getting stabbed i'm like probably stabbed and then she got suffocated with plastic wrap. I'm like, huh, all right. I, didn't so see that I was coming. quite confused at first. I thought he left her dead in her room in the rocking chair. I thought so too. So when they were like, well, her stuff's here, but where'd she go? I'm like, what do you mean? Shouldn't you, did he pull her into the closet or did she have like her own bathroom? And cause we see her looking out a window, but right. I was still just kind of like, I, what? I thought she was in her room. I was. I thought that same thing. Shiloh pointed out that, like, no, they were already in a room. She was in the attic. I'm like, okay, all right. I I didn't catch that, and I'm glad Shiloh pointed out because I was very confused for a little bit. Still seemed like yeah. what a task though to pull her up the stairs though, because even if she was like the skinny little 120 pounder, like that's still a lot of weight to pull up that type of stairway too. Yeah, I mean, like, and obviously, do it quietly, quietly without anybody in this busy house seeing it. That's why I thought. And not to mention, but the attic slot is so tiny that you would have to go up first and then pull her up through. Right. That's why so, I thought for sure. I didn't. That's why I didn't think anything of it. I just thought he was left. For, she was left dead in her room, and then she just had the rocking chair in her room. Right. But no. So yeah. So Claire, like, essentially the whole movie revolves around Claire's the first death. They never find her body, so they're just searching the entire movie for Claire. And while they're supposed searching for Claire, essentially everything else is happening around them. Supposed to meet her dad. Yeah. Her dad's just like, I don't know where my daughter is. And so, excuse me. Uh, they, we, the sorority house keeps getting these weird phone calls. Yes. With very obscene language for the yes. 70s and even now. But yeah, that's like, yeah. That's so we just get, what a creep sounds like. Yeah. I mean, you get that classic, like, picks up the phone because like yeah they get the call like within the, you get the call before the first girl even dies like so we're immediately introduced to like the cast of characters real briefly 
then they start getting phone calls and the first one's dead by 12 minutes in like it just goes that fast mm-hmm. but yeah like it's one of those classes like you open up you or pick up the landline and you just hear oh, fuck it bitch and, you know, it's, I got to say, like, some of the phone calls, I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny. But some I'm like, okay, I'd be disturbed if somebody said that into a phone. You know, even now, it just, but again, like, it just does, this movie does a really good job of building suspense. Like, there's some fun comedy in there, but the tension is never, it never feels like the tension's really relieved. I do like how we start out, too, with the point of view of the killer, and we see him, like, physically climb up the side of the house yeah those shots were really cool and it, it is fun that they played around those kind of shots so early on in the horror yeah the povs because mm-hmm. they that use that fun. a lot in the uh well like the friday the 13th oh man yeah so i mean we meet all these characters i really forgot most of their names besides barb who is like the bitchy one barb which did you recognize the actress i didn't Marion from Raiders of the Lost Ark. No way. Yep. Indy. Yeah. No way. Yep. Oh my god! I don't know how I didn't see that. Yep. Makes sense now that she can drink anybody under table. Seriously, she's just <laughs> constantly drunk and just being a dick to everyone for pretty much the entire movie. But yeah, that that was her. Yeah. Um, Jess, Barb, Claire, and Phil are the main four. I like Phil. She was my favorite, but she also I'm like, like she's the she was the least suspect of all of them. So I'm like, that makes her the most suspect in my mind. She's like she just seems like she's trying to be nice to everybody. I'm like, no, nah, she's a fucking killer. <laughs> I really, I was never let on to her being the killer, but <laughs> well, <laughs> they funny. never do. But just because I've watched so many horror movies, I'm just like, okay, she's not even suspect whatsoever. I could see her pulling out the twist ending. Like I fucking hate all you bitches. I liked her. Uh... Tootsie get up her hair. Yeah. <laughs> totally remind me of Tootsie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Jess was the uh Canadian pretending to have a British accent. hmm Which I also like I didn't realize like this was filmed, like was a Canadian film. But I'm like they definitely I'm like they obviously use Canadian actors because like they would talk and you know, like it'd be fine, but Every so often, somebody would say about, but they'd say a boot. And I'm like, oh, that's right. That's right. I didn't catch on to that somehow. They're all, like, the dad says a boot once. I think a couple of the girls say a boot. Uh, yeah, you know, I think I caught him saying it. Not the girls, but I think I caught the dad. Yeah, so I just dad. thought it was kind of funny. I'm like, so they use Canadian actors for this whole movie. I wonder if it's supposed to take place in Canada. I mean, it definitely felt like an American college. Yeah, they don't really say... No, they don't place it. They're just like sororities. So if sororities are strictly American, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, let's Let's say, I I guess before we like really get into anything else, I'm going to say a few of my favorite characters. Well, actually Barb, I thought I liked her the least and I was hoping she would get murdered. But I also thought she was going to be final girl. So. Barb was my favorite. (laughs) Uh, I just thought she was such an asshole. Like, why are you doing that? I think what made her fun for me, though, is knowing that that was um, Marion from Indiana Jones, seeing her in this kind of role. I mean, like, see, that would have made it more years prior, or, or well, maybe only six years prior. Just made it I mean, more one fun. of my favorite Barb moments, though, is like she's fucking, like they're having a party, or like they have some people over at the sorority while Claire's missing. Her dad's there, and her dad's on the, like, Claire's dad is on the phone trying to get things figured out. And she's just in the background feeding some underage, like literally a child alcohol. (laughs) I mean, that was pretty funny. That was hilarious. (laughs) But I mean, there's also the house mother, which I really liked her character, just has booze stashed all around. She's like, oh, I love you, girl. Oh my gosh, the book. The book, I mean, the the toilet. toilet. (laughs) Oh my gosh, when she she opened the lid pulling that string i'm like what did she pull it oh my gosh really and i also loved how much contention she had for claire's dad he's like i i sent my daughter to college to learn not to be interested in boys and do all this other stuff she's just kind of like god what a tight ass yeah 
And she even flips him off a couple of times. Like, it, she cracks me up. She was funny. Her death scene was hilarious, too. I know. I was not expecting, like, even though I saw it coming, I'm like, that was still pretty gruesome. <laughs> but Ended up hanging her? Oh, man. Well, I guess should we get into any spoilers, I guess, from now on? Uh, yeah, anything we talk about will be spoilery. If you haven't seen it, I say go check it out. I think you can only rent it right now. I think Unless so. you have a subscription. I think it was Showtime, I want to say. Who has a subscription to Showtime? What shows does Showtime have? Californication? Not anymore. But I guess you can subscribe to watch Californication. That's what I mean. But, or get, all right. Or get, get Hulu. Yeah. Now, the, but, the last thing I wanted to say before we get into, like, spoilers is I really did like the guy who played the main detective in the movie. I thought he was very good, very charismatic. I just liked his character. I like the guy that worked the desk. Yeah. <laughs> he was funny. <laughs> okay. Well, the rest, of th- the rest of this now will be spoilers. So, now that we're in spoilers, uh, yeah, Jordan, okay. The... The house mother, I didn't write down her name, but she was just the house mother. And she oh, is trying to find the cat and she goes into the attic and then looks over, boom, just gets nailed in the head with like a, like a hook. Some, some pulley system hook, yeah. Yeah, some pulley system hook. And then she just like wrangles her up and like hangs her in there, which, okay, I guess, I guess we didn't talk about this, but the biggest surprise in this movie is no one found any bodies till the end of the movie but they didn't they never found the the two victims at the beginning of the movie yeah they never found claire and they never found the house mother and you know but they did find phil and barb after both of them which i'm kind of bummed out that phil died off screen you know like you you see like when she goes in to check on barb after she's been stabbed yeah, I guess, yeah, you're right. I guess we don't and see And the her. door just slams back, and then you go in there later, uh, Jess goes in there later, and... Both their bodies Boom, both the of them are just stacked on top of each other. Yeah. I think my favorite kill was the uh, the hook in the attic. Was it? But I did really like how he stabbed Barb with just, like, a giant unicorn glass figure. Yeah, I, I would say that was my favorite kill, because, yeah, he just took a, something of hers and used that as the killing device. And just right there in bed, just took her out. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, I did like that. Oh, man. And yeah, we talked about, we mentioned it, but like, yeah, they totally, like, Peter's just like the most obvious red herring that I was actually going to be pretty pissed with the entire, like, it probably would have ruined the movie if Peter actually was the killer. Well, so I thought it was, and I'm like, wow, are they not making, they're making this really obvious, like, and then I was like, well, maybe they want us to kind of guess back and forth, but then, like, towards the end, I was like, this is just too obvious, what the heck? Well, yeah, that was my greatest fear, because I'm like, okay, Peter's, like, one of the main suspects, and then when, the last 20 minutes, I'm like, is it fucking Peter? Because they didn't introduce anybody else that had any sort well, of motive. So- originally i'm just like this has just got to be just some random killer like does probably just doesn't even know who these girls are he's just like some ted bundy just wants to kill for the sake of killing right and he chose a sorority house and then it starts diluting to like peter i'm like oh crap maybe it is peter and then for sure towards the end i'm like oh my gosh it's totally peter and so yeah we don't see her do it on camera but yeah we at first i thought they'd kill each other when they first show that shot of them i thought they'd killed each other I know. I'm like, how the fuck did you kill him? I mean, I guess like he's still like strong. He might've been able to overpower a little bit, but eventually like they stab each other. I don't know. But then, yeah, when they're like, just, and she just like looks up. And like, Eyes oh, finally, shit. yeah, move like, oh, okay, she's alive. I was so relieved that she was alive. So I'm like, oh, thank goodness. I know that would have made the movie even more upsetting. Like we didn't even have a final girl. Like all, everybody's just dead. But yeah, I really thought Barb was going to be the final girl because they give her the most attention at the be- very beginning of the movie. So I thought I that's too. who they were going to follow. I did too. Since she was the first girl we saw on on screen, I thought she was going to be the survivor. Yeah. But I didn't expect Jess to be the survivor. And then uh, she was, yeah, she was third girl. And then, yeah, Claire. And then, yeah, definitely Jess after that. Uh, yeah, what a, it was, God, what a fun movie though. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, I didn't, I mean, I didn't know, know if I was, would or not, but I had fun. 
That's good. I mean, like, yeah, I wasn't sure if you were going to like it. I was pretty sure as long as the movie actually wasn't shitty that I was going to like it. Like, if it lived up to, like, the lore, I guess, which is kind of hard to do a lot of the time. But I, I feel like it did a pretty good job. I enjoyed myself. Um, but I just wish like, we lived in a time where we haven't seen everything, it feels like. Because, again, part of what makes movies like this so damn popular is when you just have never seen anything like it before. That's the hard part. Now everything is, like, there's not a lot of new stuff. We're just rehashing all the cool shit that was already established. I mean, Psycho. No one had ever seen something like Psycho before when that came out. Same yeah, with exactly. this. So even Gremlins to an extent that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Um, let me see. Let me see what else I had written down. Um, oh, okay. Uh, you actually mentioned like the front desk. Uh, I forgot the officer's name who was originally taking their statement. I, I, other than the main gals, I forgot everybody's name. Exactly. I'm just like, they're all just background. I mean, that's what they are. They're horror movie background. But I did love when Barb was giving her like, yeah, oh, here's the number. It's fellatio. And he's like, oh, okay, okay. And he writes it down. And then later you're in there with the detectives and one of them just starts dying. Well, like, how do you spell that? Capital F E lowercase L (laughs) And I like how he's just like calling me and was like, hey, can you come over here and look at this? And he's like, well, that's a new extension. That's a new dial-in. He's like, fellatio. And then they all just start laughing at him. Then he's like, oh, it's something dirty, isn't it? And then they just keep <laughs> laughing. Oh, but I love, so oh, I wrote funny. down the back and forth. But I liked, he's like, he's like, what, what, when they're asking him, like, where did you get this number? She's like, well, a girl from the sorority came by and gave it to me. He's like, she gave it to you? Yeah, she gave it to me. <laughs> and then they both just continue laughing. That's so funny. I mean, that was fucking hilarious. And I do like at the end of the movie, when they're like, when, I mean, again, horror trope now, but again, from the 70s, it's like, the call is coming from inside the house. And yeah. it's like, okay, and he tasks, like, okay, dude. I like her? the process of like the behind the scenes of like what, what a uh, phone station, whatever looks like. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. I'm like, how the fuck do you trace a call like that? Like, I've never you, known that before. How do you not get it confused? Like, how do you track it with your eyes? I, I don't know, but it was really cool just to see him running around like, all right, all right, ah, shoot, not long enough. And then, like, finally he gets it after a couple tries. I thought that was really cool. But, yeah, we find out the call was coming from inside the house. Yeah, which I'm like, yeah, of course it is because he's in the attic. I mean, we knew he was in the attic. Which I guess there's but, a phone up there, which is the same line that the uh, mother had, house yeah. mother. But yeah, calling from upstairs, freaking them out, and then killing them one by one. But yeah, overall, I'm gonna say fun movie. Uh, it, again, so, somebody got killed right away, which made it interesting. I was hoping we weren't gonna go for like hour without anything happening. So when someone got killed in 12 minutes, I was very surprised. Then yeah, I, again, I liked all the main characters. They were fun to follow around for a little bit. You got the Peter and uh, Jess and their whole situation. Which okay, I'm now I'm very surprised they hold the bodies off and they are basically going to leave Jess alone in the house. I get, I know they think Peter was the killer, so therefore he's dead. But just after all that trauma, they're just going to leave her alone in the dark in that house that all her friends died in. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, yeah, there's a... Um, I, feel like just, I feel like he takes someone to the hospital for a day or two for that. But to leave her alone in that house after everybody she knows died in it? <laughs> I was just like, what? Yeah, with the doors of, like, the... Mur- like, the like Barb's doors open, you just see the blood stain on the bed still, and it's just like, that door should be closed. If she's that still re- in the house, that door should be closed. But how is she not forced to leave because the whole house is a fucking crime scene? Right. Uh, and remind me, how, how do we figure out that he's still still upstairs? Does he calls again? Uh, well, essentially, at the end of the movie, like, Jess is, I guess, in bed. Right. And then it kind of just pans past all the rooms, like Barb's room. You see it open with the blood stain. And then it pans, like, and the camera starts pointing up to the attic. And then you can just hear the guy talking some more. Like, he's still up there, because no one checked the attic. And... So, in a way, Jess is dead, too. What? 
I said, in a way, Jessica is kind of dead too. Yeah. Um, you know, and then at the very, like, as soon as credits roll, like, you're just like, as the camera's panning out, like, doing a faraway shot of the house with the, and you see the cop in front, you just hear the, you start hearing the, uh, the phone ring again. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, shit. So I was just like, wow, I wasn't, like, expecting one, not figuring out the killer, and two, just having it, like, not a good ending. So who like, was he's the still killer? there, and I guess eventually Jess is gonna, I guess it's probably assumed that Jess would die. That's what I would assume. Yeah. Which sucks, because, yeah, I liked her. Aside from Barbie, I think Jess was my next favorite character. Fair enough. I'm like, wow, you're just such an asshole. <laughs> but she did crack me up, like that fellatio exactly. thing led exactly. to a really funny gag. Exactly. <laughs> and her feeding alcohol to a literal child was cracking me up, yeah. <laughs> Are you right? It's like, whoa, all right. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, I tried, anything else you want to talk about regarding Black Christmas? No, I think I mentioned all my main notes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I think we talked about pretty much everything. I mean, it's a pretty simple film, but still very fun, very effective. Checked off a genre for sure. And I enjoyed it. It was just fun to go see a classic like this. I know. Like, I, I was telling Sean, I'm like, you know, like, I found out, like, after watching, like, I knew I love 80s movies, but after watching, like, the movies, like, going through the decades and then watching, like, some movies from each one, I'm like, oh, I also really like 70s movies, too. Yeah. You know, and this is from the 70s. Like, I, I was all for it. Like, I'm, I like it. I like slashers. So I was all excited to watch this, and I was very pleased. I thought it lived up to the hype that I had heard about it. So where does this rank as far as your favorite Christmas movie goes? Does it above Christmas Story? Oh, I'd watch this... At this point, like, because I've seen Christmas Story so many times. It feels like I've seen it hundreds of times. But, yeah, so at this point, yeah, I would like, this is my favorite Bob Clark movie now. Nice. Yeah, I, I think for me, it, it's it's a really good one. I still love Christmas Story, though. I mean, that was Bob Clark. I guess so he, he directed this classic here, and then Lightning in a Bottle with Christmas Story, and you know, Porky's one, good. I could see why it was popular for its time. But, yeah, after that, he really just kind of fell off because he did Porky's too, which sucked to ass. And then, yeah, Baby Geniuses. You remember trailers for that movie in the late 90s? Oh, my God. Yeah, I know that movie. And the sequel. I guess he did that too. And there was another really bad one. I forget that he did too. So, yeah, I think after Christmas Story, he kind of just fell off. You but know, he had a good start. Like, they were a what? few years apart, but I'm like, how the fuck did the guy who directed this movie get the offer to make a Christmas story? Like, like, that, that A and B does not make sense. He to knows me. how to make but, a Christmas. How did the director of Porky's get offered Christmas story right afterwards? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> They're not even close to the same genre. <laughs> I have no idea. But I I'm glad he did. When you know people. I'm glad he did because I love Christmas story. <laughs> But a lot of that just really well written movie too. I mean, everything just makes it so great. The narration, everything you see on screen. I will say the one thing that actually had me chuckle in Porky's Two, and this is the only positive thing I'll probably say about that movie, is so they're doing a Shakespeare movie on play. A Shakespeare, excuse me, they're doing a Shakespeare play for the school, and somebody's uh, prop sword breaks, and they're like to the side crew, like, "Hey, I need a sword. I need another sword. I need another sword." And one of the side crew hands him a leg, which resembles the leg lamp from Christmas Story. So he continues to fight the other guy with a leg. Okay, that that sounds funny. That was the only part that made me laugh in that whole movie. Otherwise, that movie was dumb. That's too dang bad, I guess. All right. But yes, that is our conclusion for Black Christmas. Again, I believe it was Showtime that you had to subscribe to through Amazon Prime to watch it. Otherwise, you can rent it for two ninety nine. Yeah, worth a rent. Yeah, I think it's worth checking out if you've never seen it and just feel like it's something classic, something that kicked off that genre and just what you see a lot of new movies nowadays pay homage to. Check it out. Yeah. All right, Daniel. Well, let's wrap it up here. Where can they find us? Online. 
on Instagram and Twitter, movies underscore brews. Let us know what your favorite Christmas horror movie is. I mean, we've covered a couple so far this month with Gremlins and a more straightforward horror movie with Black Christmas, but I really enjoyed it. I mean, they remade it twice. There's yeah. a 2006 version and a 2019 version. Oh, one thing I read about that was interesting. I guess Bob Clark was going to make a sequel to this where I think, I well, so according to this, Jess would have still been alive, I guess, because he wanted Jess to be the uh, godmother or whatever of the house. So kind of the same thing happening all over again. But yeah, the only thing that connected to the first one is you, we'd have Jess back. That's interesting, but also... If all your friends got murdered in that house, why would you go back or stay and be the godmother of said sorority? I have no idea. But I still watch the movie. Slasher uh, horror movies don't necessarily need to make sense. Maybe it take place in another sorority house. I don't know. But again, that also kind of messes with. I presume I really thought. Well, she's dead. Yeah. So I guess in Bob Clark's mind, she survived. Right. But then I, I think it was 2007, he died in a car accident. So that just never came into fruition. fruition. Okay. So, yeah. So then in 2019, they made, they made one and I haven't seen it still. No, it didn't look very good. No. 2006 one looked even worse. Did it? I, I don't remember a trailer for that. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for downloading the show. If you like it, share it with others. And we'll talk to you next time on... Movies and brews. Cheers. Cheers.